Welcome to our Trade Academy podcast series in which our experts simplify complex concepts involved in international trade and trade finance. In this episode, we provide a guide to export finance and begin by looking at the key points from marketing through to the various regulations in place for exports, the risks involved and the preparations of goods for export. We welcome you all to the training on international trade exports. My name is Royston Fernando. And I am Mona Mohammed, and we are your hosts today. Okay, so we'll go with the first step. Develop your export strategy. If you have a product that is selling well in a certain market, it's not unusual to attempt to sell that same product or products in, in other markets as well. But limiting your exporting to only your fastest selling products to a particular market may be limiting your export potential. Identifying which products you end up exporting depends a great deal on the markets you choose to sell. Also, before you can sell your export products, you need to find people to buy them. Maybe you are already receiving inquiries from certain potential customers in certain countries. Maybe you've self-identified logical new markets for your goods. In either case, you need to spend time learning about these potential new markets. This includes identifying the market potential, learning how to properly and legally export your products or services to that market identifying sales channels and more. Do you do your research to determine what kind of modifications you may need to take or make to your product for that market, what the import duty rates are and whether or not there are any export restrictions. Point two, review and understand export and import regulation. Make sure you know about any restrictions on exporting your goods. Determining which of your products and are subject to export regulations is one of the first most important steps you'll need to take in the export compliance process. Here are some key things to look out for. The export license requirements. Depending on your product's technical characteristics, destination, end users, your product may be one of them. Embargoed countries are countries you are not allowed to do business with. To avoid them, you need to know which ones they are. Restricted parties are individuals, businesses and other organizations that have been identified as engaging in activities related to proliferation of weapons of mass destruction or known to be involved in in terrorism or drug trafficking or have had export privileges suspended. The third point, prepare your goods for shipping. Whether you're looking for a new partner or reviewing your relationship with your current, let's say, for example, a freight forwarder, here are seven questions you should think about before taking action. The first one being, do I have a specialized product line or type of export? Another question, the second one, how many ports will I be using for exports? The third one, is automation easy with this partner? What is the broker or freight forwarder's general reputation? Do I need a dedicated account representative? Do we have a written working agreement? These are some of the questions that you may have. The answers to your questions about freight forwarders in my example 
will help you identify if your relationship is as functional and profitable as it could be all right so moving on to the next point which is complete your export paperwork once you have completed all of the above steps you have still got a way to go you now need to fill out the documentation and supporting paperwork that will accompany your goods on their export journey this is crucial to your success because any errors even simple typos in your paperwork could delay shipments and your pay make sure you get paid now arguably the most important part of being an exporter is getting paid for your goods to make sure you get paid you need to find an international banking partner and understand your payment options in our first episode of this trade academy series we discussed extensively on the common payment methods that is advance payment open account trading documentary collections and documentary credits it is important for you to agree with the buyers and sellers as the case may be on the most suitable payment method for your trade considering the risks and challenges the final one is contract before selling and exporting foreign products make sure you issue a formal written document that includes all of the significant issues to the buyer and seller such as product acceptance warranties and dispute resolution procedure otherwise you will expose your business to significant risks which may be very difficult to control later on the number of days for completion of the trade cycle will depend on various matters such as trade terms agreed with your suppliers and buyers the transportation method it may be sea freight air freight or maybe local truck deliveries stock days etc bankers will use the trade cycles to determine the trade facilities a buyer or seller would need for disbursement of trade facilities your trade business development manager would almost always ask you to provide the agreed payment methods with your buyers and your suppliers the credit terms the cost of goods sold and also would like to know the trade facilities you may have with your other bankers again to determine the need and then accordingly propose the required facilities to our risk teams for their consideration and approval right now let's move on to look at the risks for an exporter the first one is political risk an uncertain political environment can hamper export operations in several ways a trade embargo could affect delivery of goods civil war or political violence could affect the safety of your staff and partners political instability could result in defaults on payments confiscation of property and assets and blockages in transfer of earnings the next is legal risks the legal requirements and processes can vary significantly across different markets so conduct research and receive legal advice to understand your legal position some common areas of difference include local contract law patent registration and ip requirements product liability laws dispute resolution processes and operational health and safety laws the third risk operating risks exporters need to become familiar with the operating environment of new markets 
as this can be very different to the market environment you are in. Some important things to look out are the industrial relations, policies and practices, permitting rules and import and export requirements. The last risk is the currency risk. Adverse movements in exchange rates are an inherent risk of, of doing business overseas and can lead to a loss of earnings or profit. You can protect yourself by quoting in the currency that you are aware or taking out a foreign exchange facility which will allow you to lock in exchange rates and hedge your currency exposure. We'll go into right. the next one, Mona. Yes, thanks, Royston. So now we'll look into the export products. It is best to split the export products into two categories to better understand the products, and that is DC-related products and non-DC related products. Products or export bills that are presented under collections, that is under ICC publication URR 522, are considered non-DC related products. On presentation of a document by the exporter, the exporter's bank may check the documents in line with the coverage uh, schedule prepared by the exporter and thereafter send the documents to the importer's bank to either pay at site or at a later date if it is a usance document. Now, some exporters may want its bank to discount their document and pay upfront. As there is no undertaking given by the exporter's bank, the bank will only pay the exporter once funds are received from the importer's bank. In such situations, the exporters may request for an export credit line and the banks may offer discounting of export bills purely based on the exporter's credibility, often with recourse to the exporter. Although existing in most good banks, post and pre-shipment seller loans are not a very popular product that is availed by exporters as they would prefer to discount their invoices and, and bills via the receivables finance facility structure. Or for that matter, they would rather request to prolong their import facilities that may cover the export funding gap as well. The use of import facilities to cover the export finance gap may be avenues to create double funding concerns. Hence, it is always and it's always recommended to pay the import products at the point of sale and then extend credit under an export facility, maybe in the form of post or pre-shipment seller loan. We recommend that you kindly talk to your BDMs and your relationship managers to structure your facilities in this manner. Under DC-related products, export bill checking and discounting transactions are processed. On presentation of an export bill to the bank, the trade services team will check the bill against the DC. If the bill presented has no discrepancies, then the bank will send the documents to the issuing bank for payment or acceptance to pay. Once the DC issuing bank determines that the document presented are in conformity with the terms of the DC, the issuing bank will either pay if a side DC or accept to pay on maturity. For bills that are submitted under the usance DC type, 
the exporter may request the exporter's bank to pay immediately on presentation of the documents. And the exporter's bank may usually pay out only if the issuing bank has provided its commitment and acceptance to the exporter's bank. Such discounting of documents against an accepted payment bill will be earmarked against the issuing bank's liability and not against the client's export trade facilities. This is something you must be aware of. Most bankers would say that the document in such cases have been booked under a bank risk as this was not earmarked under corporate lines. Pre- and post-shipment seller loans are also known as loan against imports, as mentioned earlier by Mona, are not a very popular product amongst the exporters. Again, as explained earlier, the suppliers would prefer to discount its sales invoices against the receiver's finance structure is what we have seen mostly in the region and in UAE. So we will now have a closer look at a very uh, important export product offerings in the form of export DC advising, confirmations, and transfers in detail, Mona. Thank you, Royston. Now we'll move on to the first one, that is export DC advising. Now, what is to advise a DC? What is the role of an advising bank? The exporters must understand what banks are required to do to process a DC advice. Now, some banks call advising to be similar to that of a post office. Whilst there are similarities, the UCP 600 states in Article 2 that advising bank means the bank that advises the credit at the request of the issuing bank. Now, in Article 9, however, it gives more clarity as to what is the role of the advising bank. The UCP 600 Article 9b reads, by advising the credit or amendment, the advising bank signifies that it has satisfied itself as to the apparent authenticity of the credit or amendment and that the advice accurately reflects the terms and conditions of the credit or amendment received. So all that the advising bank does is it makes sure that the message received is an authenticated message and that the message advised is the fully completed message. It is the responsibility of the advising bank to ensure the number of pages received for advising is advised in full without missing to include any page or its terms and conditions. The third point is an intermediary bank, right? So the intermediary bank is needed when the issuing bank usually does not have a direct authentic testing arrangements with the advising bank or the final beneficiaries bank. In this case, the issuing bank will route their DC via an intermediary bank, which is also known as first advising bank, to beneficiaries bank, which is also known as second advising bank in this case, or advice through bank. You might have seen this in your MT700. It would have at the bottom of it, uh, it would say advice through bank. And there would be the SWIFT code mentioned. So the beneficiaries bank in this case would be called advice through bank. 
Now, it is important to note that the second advising bank and the first advising bank must ensure to check for the completeness of the SWIFT message and the authenticity. That's it for this episode. Please join us in the next instalment to learn more about export finance. This will include nominated banks and advisory banks, export DC and DC transfers, and also the terminology used.